Hoffman and Tyler McComas. Yeah, curse. And y'all done heard curse words before. And they got parents in here. You know I don't want to leave. And like I told you, I want all these recruits. But they got some corrupt people in this world, some evil people that don't care about kids like I do. So I want y'all to hear the truth from me. I ain't withdrawing my name. I got the receipts. They got all kind of stuff going on around here. Hoarding these buildings with nothing but trash in them. You understand me? And Dion was right. And I know I'm right. And they got some people in here who be snitching to their ass. And I work amongst Judas as Jesus walked with him. And I ain't have a problem with it. Because even Jesus prevailed. Sir. And what God got for you, no man can take it. Wow, interesting situation going on there, isn't it, at Bethune with Ed Reed? Um, Sad deal is what it is, really. I yeah. mean, he, he seemed he was very, like, genuine, like, wanted to be there for the kids and do this and, and help out an HBCU, and it's just – Dion spoke on it, and I don't think a whole lot of people really paid attention to that, but Ed Reed has shined a, a real light on some of the issues that's going on with the football programs out there. Yeah, and I guess the um, the students there at Bethune-Cookman have uh, staged a walkout and a protest. Wow! In his on, on his behalf, I I don't know enough about the situation there to know what's going on. I I don't, but I, it seems like he legitimately wants to help, wants to make that place better, and you know wants to help out the student athletes. I don't know if he's asking for some some things that they don't want to provide. Like I don't know what's going on there, but um, it's turned into a bit of a deal, hasn't it? It's become into a huge. I mean, it was one of the uh, major stories in college football this weekend. Is Ed Reed going off? Like you just heard that audio clip, and then Dion joining his what was it Instagram live and basically mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, man, I." I know what you're going through. Um, there's another plan out there for you, but this this obviously isn't it. I, I know you're hurting that you don't because you don't want to leave these kids, but you you got to go in a different direction essentially. So yeah, it's man. I, I wanted Ed Reed in college football. That would have been a lot of fun. Right? No, I I agree. Um, smart guy, unbelievable football player. Oh, if, maybe if we're doing like. Uh, teams of the 2000s are like um, all decade players in the 2000s, he'd be a starter on defense. Might be your best player on defense. He may be also the best special teams player in NFL history. One of them. The guy was an incredible special Miami teams player. Miami has a knack for putting out special teams players, don't they? My goodness, he's A nice he's little good. track record of that in the past. Blocked a bunch of punts in the league. Uh, was a great cover guy in the league on kickoff team. Uh, wanted to play the special teams. Dude, I'll never forget. I had to – I typically played, um, like, personal protector on punt. And they moved me one year – to block Ed Reed coming off the edge because he has this, like, insane up and under where he threatens with speed on the outside and then comes inside to block the punt. It's like it's all you're thinking about. You know it's coming. 
you know it. He could tell you that he's about to do it, and you can still not block it. It's incredible, man. He's uh, he's an absolute stud. Well, uh, speaking of coaches, sounds like OU added one over the weekend. A cowboy oh, caller yeah. guy, huh? Uh, like you, you, you two it. are like destined to be friends, regardless of the age gap. James Skalski, former Clemson Tiger, Ooh. won a couple of national championships. Did not realize his late father uh, played for OU back in the 80s under Coach Switcher. That's pretty cool. But this guy had one heck of a college career, and he just seems like a Brent Venables type of linebacker. Now he's joining as a GA. Absolute stud. Um, he... I uh, wore the cowboy collar to be a fake tough guy. <laughs> he wore it to keep from breaking his <laughs> neck because he was knocking dudes out. Oh my gosh! He made. Does he lead uh, college football all time in targeting penalties well, and ejections? Parker and I were talking about. It. He got ejected from the national championship game against LSU, and then the year before the semifinal game against Ohio State. So, yes, I think so. And that hit he had I, on Justin Fields is like, ooh, big-time hit. I, you know, just because covering the OU games and everything, don't get a chance, didn't get a chance to see a lot of Clemson games. But I honestly feel like he got kicked out of every single game that I ever watched <laughs> of Clemson. And whenever you say it was like uh, all the semifinals and, and all, yeah, that, I think that that is the case. You, it, like when they throw it. Over the middle, anywhere in his general vicinity, uh, it's like, don't get kicked out. Don't get kicked he's a throw, out. He's Boom. a throwback player. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure he caused Britt more stress than maybe anyone else he had at Clemson. Loved him as a player, but like, God, quit getting kicked out of games, man. Come on. Yeah, and, you know, he. I think he came back around um, the program a little bit during the season, just like in town to visit and stuff, and – you know, was maybe hanging around the offices a little, so uh, has a little bit of the feeling around here. But, yeah, I didn't know his dad played at uh, yeah. OU either. John, That's cool. John Skalski, who uh, I believe he passed away in 2016, mm. played at uh, OU under uh, under Barry Switzer. Yeah. I, so I, where are they from? Is he from Texas maybe? I think or? he's from Georgia. Sharpsburg, Georgia, Georgia I want to say, is, is where okay. Skalski's from. Nice. Well, that's cool. Nice to have that connection. Um, that's obviously cool. He's got the connection with BV. He understands and knows this defense. Up, down, back to front, left to right, however you want to say it. And he knows it from the player's perspective, which is different than the coach's perspective. And to be able to have that voice in there, to be able to interact with those backers and, and safeties and defensive linemen just to – you know, give that perspective is awesome. I think it's going to be great. So his college career, he was a two-time team captain at Clemson, 310 career tackles, 20 and a half for, uh, for loss, mm. 10 sacks, and he played 1,920 snaps in 69 games. Ooh, man, how so about that? So you two that? really are, uh, I mean, this is, he's 25, you're like 45 now, but brothers. That's yeah. what you two are. 69 games. I knew there'd be something in there that would be uh, that we'd be able to really hang our hats on with this show. I, you know, I think, like I said, like one of the things is just having the player perspective. I think is critical. But 
I think as as a player, sometimes you um, you get asked to do things that you feel like are impossible, and it can't be done. And there's got to be an easier way to do it. So to have someone there in the room that is like, no, this is exactly how it was whenever I did it. You can do this. Like, I think that's I think that's valuable too. Whenever because these guys haven't grown up in the defense yet so it's getting thrown on them and whenever that happens you got to feel like some of it is man i don't know about this this seems a little off so to have someone there that's done it yeah in that exact defense i think is critical yeah and he's a ga but um the situations around gas and analysts have, have changed now in college football because yeah. you know look, look i i'm sure all over the country those guys were out on the field coaching you weren't supposed to recently but a new rule was passed like a few weeks ago where they can be out on the field and coaching like next year. It's like, okay, what everyone was doing is now legal. So Skalski, it sounds like he can be out there, and whether it's Canick, whether it's Stutzman, whoever, like with what you're saying, yeah, he, he can be there. Yeah, well, um, I think it's going to be awesome. And maybe we see a Cowboy caller show up oh, somewhere. Don't, don't, come on, don't, don't tease everyone. Huh. Cowboy callers need to make a return to the sport, and Stutzman and Canick should both be sporting one next year. Because you're you two never backers. Know. Um, do you remember any of your GAs when you were at OU? I'm just yeah. wondering if there was any notable names or at GA that were GAs when you were there. Uh, Brandon Hall was there. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, coached a national championship game this year. That checks out. Josh Heupel was a GA. Won an Orange Bowl this year. That checks out. Seth Luttrell was a GA. Uh, been a head coach. Checks out. Um, Luke Wells was a GA. Uh, I mean, you don't. I mean, you could go on. I want you to, but you could have stopped after the first three. That kind of proved the point that you know you start as a GA. I mean, obviously you can go somewhere. I was just curious as to who those names are. That's impressive. Oh, I cannot remember this guy's name. Why can't I remember his name? He he was a GA. He's with Heupel now on his staff. He played at. Kansas State was an insane special teams player at Kansas State. You know who I'm talking about? Insane special teams oh player at Kansas gosh. State. That's about 40 names Some, that I can roll The text line's going like. to know who it is. He's on the staff there. I'm not sure what exactly it is that he does now, but he's definitely on the on the staff with Heupel. Okay, like what type of special teams? Was he like a returner? Did he no, no. Punts? He was like a he was like a kickoff cover guy that was like famous – at Kansas State for going down and like blowing up the wedge and like diving and like doing like flipping over the top of it to make tackles and stuff. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think he played the same time Venables did. And that's whenever they he came to Oklahoma to to start off as a GA. Oh gosh, I can't remember. It'll come to at me. At any some other point. school if you would have said great special teams player. We already talked about Miami special teams players earlier, but Kansas State's a pretty long list too. So yeah, that one's yeah. that one's difficult. No, no good. No, good for him. I, I I hope that works out. And uh, I'm gonna guess that it probably probably does. James Skalski coming back. Maybe the Cowboy callers will as well. Yeah, he had a heck of a college football career for sure. And text line. This is a cool text. I'm gonna try to find it again. Basically saying that um, they read a story about him and uh, Brent Venables. Here it is. Pretty cool story I read about Skalski and BV. BV was very hard on him when he first arrived at Clemson. 
so hard that Skalski tried to straight up quit football. Him and BV had a heart-to-heart, -heart and they both cried while talking it out. Skalski stuck it out, and the rest is history. Yeah, sounds familiar. Sounds like pretty much any other uh, linebacker that Coach Venables has <laughs> coached. Everyone right? that's been a great player was on the verge of quitting at one point or another. Oh, my gosh, like. yes, absolutely true. Every every single player, whether he knows it or not, has been on the verge of uh, of quitting. So, yeah, that's um, – you know, he will he, – he asks a lot of those guys, and whenever he can sense that someone maybe can handle more, he gives them more. So I don't know if it's necessarily a, a, a good thing. I don't know. But uh, it turned out good for him, man. Turned into an absolute stud. Won a bunch of football games there. Tons of accolades, tons of tackles, production. And here he is, going to add to this uh, this defense here on the the coaching end of things is awesome. So when you said maybe the text line will get it, like you, like here's how good our text line is. You honestly believe that they would get it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Eckler is the yeah. guy Teddy is Eck. thinking of. That's it. God, you Mike guys, are, you guys are incredible. I'm telling you. Uh, I'm what, trying to think I, if th there's any other GAs. I this can text remember. says John McGraw. I almost guessed that, but he was playing for the Chiefs. I, I felt like when you were at OU, so that's why I didn't say that. No, no, no. He, uh, we played together in Detroit for a little bit. He went to the Jets, I think, first. Then went to Detroit, and then went to Kansas City. Um, good dude. Not John McGraw though. Oh, let's see, Jim in Arlington. Hurts, Purdy, rematch in Philly. Yes, um, I, I've seen that circulating as well. The last time Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy played each other in a game, OU had to stop a two-point conversion at home to win. OU 42, Iowa State 41. Mm. Yeah. Brock Purdy had five touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown. Six total touchdowns for Purdy, five total touchdowns for Hurts. Dang. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring this time around, would be my mm. guess. I, I don't either. Um, I could be wrong. You never know whenever something like that's going to break out. Uh, where is that? Is that game in San, San Fran? No, it's in Philly. Philly's got the one. It, oh, it's in Philly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to pick that one. Right now, my gut tells me San Francisco, but I don't know. If, if the Eagles can get out to a lead and and maintain it and force San Francisco to have to open it up and put it on Brock Purdy. I think that's the path to victory. It's just whether or not they can have some success early. Uh, one more before we hit a break. Bobby from Austin says, All I want to see is a Sooner linebacker supporting a Cowboy caller, driving a quarterback in a Texas helmet into the ground, breaknecks <laughs> and right checks, baby. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I'm, uh, I'm anxious to meet him and, and – you know, hopefully we'll see fairly quickly what he can bring to the table and help this team get better. I, well, I would really like it if I'm Canick or I'm Stutzman or any of these other young linebackers on the team. Like this is a, um, like this is one where you say, okay, like I, I could really benefit from this one as, as yeah. a player. I man, I'm I'm really, I'm bullish. They say Tyler on the inside backers. And you know, throw the throw the cheetah position in there too. I'm bullish on the backers next year. I think I think we've got a chance to be light years better than we were this year. 
Um, I think McCullough's going to add something big time at the cheetah position. I think that Stutzman is going to grow, continue to develop, take some ownership over the defense. And we saw some uh, suggestions of that towards the end of the season. His last, like, three games, I think, were, were excellent. Um, and the Mike Backer spot, I think there's going to be a really good competition going on there between Canick, uh, Kobe McKenzie, and, you know, maybe Kip Lewis, maybe uh, maybe uh, Captain America. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? The Captain freshman America. coming in. Uh, Desha- Deshaun McCullough. No, 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 no. Um, Oh, you're not uh, talking about the trades. You, are you saying true freshman? Is that yeah, who you said? Yeah, true freshman. Uh, true freshman would be Lewis Carter, uh, Phil Pachotti, yeah, so Samuel um, Omasigo. Okay, all right. At, at Mike, I think it's going to be between Pachotti, uh, Kobe McKenzie, and Canick. Okay, you were you were referencing him as a uh, superhero uh, yeah. character. He looks character, like Captain America, yes, yeah, dude. Okay. I, I got that now moving forward. Uh, Peyton says, dude, I heard Stutz ran a four five four forty. That's nice. really good. No Ted Lehman. But pretty dang fast. Well, he's he, here's the thing with Stutzman. There were times last year, and I think everyone would agree with this. We know the kid can run. He could run in high school. That's why Odom, the previous linebacker coach, uh, liked him. He had great length. He could run. Um, you know, has the attitude, the want to, everything that you want in a player. And but we saw last year that when you don't know where you're supposed to be. You don't look very fast out on the football field, right? And there were times where he looked just like he was moving in slow motion, which is not out of the ordinary for for young football players. But at the end of the year, we saw a couple of times where he was going sideline to sideline where he looked like that dude. And that's what I expect. I expect him to play. If he ran a 4-5, I expect him to play at 4-5 speed next year. Um, GAs are on the sideline during home games, right? Sideline or box, yeah, yeah. Well, one or the other. Uh, hopefully, Skalski is very entertaining on the sideline during the games next year. He'll probably Can be you... tip, he'll probably be tiptoeing around like he was his freshman year, just trying not to get in the way. But my hope is that he's uh, he's crazy over there next season. Can a coach get a targeting call on the sideline? <laughs> We're gonna find out next year. We will find out in the first three <laughs> games next year. I promise you that. I wonder what the protocol is: fifteen yard penalty, and uh, he has to miss the rest of that half. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to next year at Backer. I think we're gonna think we're gonna see some good things happening. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the Ref. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. Hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our under-the-radar player brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar suitor startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Mm. I'm not going to go with an individual player here. I'm going to go with the team because uh, we brought up OU Women's Hoops on Friday. Yeah. And they are worthy of being brought up again today for uh, under the radar. Um, they're not under the radar nationally in women's college hoops. They're a top 15 team, currently ranked 14, but 
They had another nice win on uh, Saturday night, beating Oklahoma State 97-93. They shot close to 50% from behind the three-point line. Matty Williams uh, dropped 26 points. They had four starters and double figures. Uh, what were they, 9 of 19 from three. Oklahoma State Dang. shot 37 threes like an NBA team, 14 to 37 for OSU. They led most of the way, but OU had a really nice fourth quarter comeback. They went at 97-93. They, uh, they're rolling right now, man, all alone at the top of the Big 12 Conference. They are really now, good and a really exciting team to watch. Now, this is something that I don't know, so I'll kind of refer to you and, and maybe the text line, but women's hoops made some rule changes to kind of speed up pace of play and make – you know, give it more action. Do they have the NBA fouls rules? Is that what they have? They've got quarters. Yeah. And I think they get to the bonus quicker, but it sure seems like it's worked. Like 97, 93 people would dream about that. Who watched college hoops? No, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that the men's take a look at that, but I'm just saying it seems like whatever rule changes they instituted have, have worked for the game because you're getting some of these really exciting uh, matchups. I think I think OU women average like 87, 88 points they a game. They average, uh, going into Saturday, they averaged 86.8 points per game. And obviously now that's probably yeah. north of 87 now after they put up 90-plus. Yeah, I, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I'll give you an under-the-radar. Um, I know they lost, but – your boy uh, Tanner Groves played out of his mind in that game against Baylor. That's what Porter said. He is the um, he's the lightning rod for this team right now with the fans. I feel like. Yeah, he had a game. There's he, some anger out there. of nowhere. He's like elevating and blocking shots with some authority. He had three registered blocks, but he had a fourth that was like on a continuation of an and one, and he buried it right back in the guy's face. Uh, hit a couple of threes, was running the floor really good, was physical out there, grabbing some offensive boards. He, he played a really good game. That was, a, that was a shame to see them lose that after controlling it for most well, of the Well, and playing so, you know, Bay, that's the least amount of points Baylor scored in a couple of years now. And it's just they hit a st- – with that being said, they hit a step back three to clinch it late. That hurt, yeah. man. That, last week was a painful week. The Oklahoma State loss, and then the the way that you lost at Baylor, that was uh, yeah, that was rough. And this week is a very very difficult week. I don't know who the yeah. best team in the Big Twelve is, but TCU is absolutely in the conversation. And you got to play in Fort Worth uh, here in what I guess Wednesday night, Tuesday night, On Tuesday night. What may be the ugliest court in college basketball? I don't think it's a maybe. It is the ugliest court. TCU is in ooh. What do you think the spread is in that game? I'm looking at it right now. Tuesday night, tomorrow night, OU at TCU. TCU is ranked 11th uh, in the poll this week. I thought I heard a hint of an S in there. I'm going to say seven and a half. Six and a half. Ah, oh, six. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the Big 12 this week in the uh, in the rankings. K-State's number five. KU's number nine. Texas is number 10. TCU's 11. Iowa State is 12, and Baylor's at 17. Dang. Yeah. 60% well, of the conference is ranked in the top 20 this week. Wow. Get used to it. It ain't changing, and it's 
And we've, I've said it a million times, and everyone knows it, but it's just incredibly brutal. You've got to come up with something. Like, I said last week that I considered the Baylor game a must-win just because of the way you, how you look at the schedule and the way it breaks down. Like, you really needed that win at home because it's going to be way more difficult whenever you play them later um, in the season on the road. Uh, and they're just – like, like you said, TCU, number 11 in the country right now. You're going on the road down there. It's going to be a nice atmosphere. going to be a horrible floor to play on. Ugh. It's a distraction to everyone involved. It, looks it like just the, cheapens it. It looks like the uh, Grady County YMCA floor I used to yeah. play uh, basketball in as, a, as an 8-year-old. That's what it looks like. Well, maybe job well done by them because – uh, if you're not used to it, you just kind of sit there and stare at it the entire time. No well, offense to the Grady County YMCA, of course. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure no offense taken there. None. Yeah. Well, you got to figure out. You're going to have to, now that you lost that home game to Baylor, you're going to have to steal something big on the road. Right, maybe it's at TCU. I mean, you got a chance to beat West Virginia on the road. Maybe you can go down to Baylor and get it, but I mean they're just going to be way more difficult. But you wouldn't favor them to win any of the games that you just mentioned, most likely. No, and I, I don't wouldn't. think they will be. No, no. The only well, they they won't be favored against Alabama at home. They will be against Oklahoma State. Um, they're only going to be favored uh, at in home two games. Probably. Home against Oklahoma State and home against Tech are yeah. the only two games remaining on the schedule where they will be favorite. And by the time you play those games, who knows? Here's your week this week. You play at number 11 TCU tomorrow night and against number two Alabama on Saturday. Mm. Bama's all the way up to number two in the rankings this week. Oh, boy. I, I'll tell you, I went to the game on Saturday. Oh, cool. Nice. And – I thought it was a pretty good crowd. I thought the, the student section was packed. They were into it the whole time. Um, I thought, you know, the in-game atmosphere was fine. I, I thought it was enjoyable. I've had, I had a good time there. Took the, uh, Edward like the it? wife and kid. He liked it. But he's like any other eight-year-old, you know. It's like it. If, get, get the if ball outside a little bit more, get some open looks. That's what he kept saying. Yeah. He couldn't understand why we kept giving up so many offensive rebounds to Baylor. <laughs> Said it reminded him of the Texas game. Oh, stop you it. Know. Okay. Uh, it was there, there was a lot. Yeah, um, this is one of my favorites regular season. You know what? I think this is my favorite regular season Saturday of the entire year. Big 12 SEC Challenge. Yeah. Bama at OU. You got Arkansas at Baylor. Texas at Tennessee. KU at Kentucky. There's, it's going to be fun. What's the best game? Rankings-wise, it's uh, Texas at Tennessee, top ten matchup. But I yeah. think Arkansas at Baylor, even though Arkansas has kind of hit a little bit of a wall here recently for whatever reason, I think Arkansas at Baylor is going to be a really fun game. Ba- it feels like Baylor is – they've won four in a row now, I think. They get KU at home tonight. It feels like they're about to turn it on. Yeah. I'll say that. Now, they, they go 0-2 this weekend. Watch. Um, where's the KU-Kentucky game? It's in uh, Lexington. Wow. Huge game for Kentucky because they're not even ranked. They've had a tough year. I don't even know if they're in the bracketology this week. It's been a a bad year for the state of Kentucky in college hoops. Louisville is trending towards the worst season in ACC history. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, K-2 
Kansas going down to Baylor is going to be a tough game. Uh, that's tonight, right? Yep. And then yep, yep, yep. Uh, they're going to Kentucky, which I favor them to beat Kentucky, but you know they've lost two straight, including getting their ass beat by TCU oh, by, what, boy. 23? So like, if you drop one to Baylor, you're not going to be feeling too good about yourself going into Kentucky. And, and you know how it is, right? Like, even if you're not playing well, and you got a big name, and I know they're Kentucky, and they've got that across the chest, and they're proud of that. But when you see Kansas coming to town, like Kansas is going to get like that's going to be the best Kentucky's looked all year, oh, right? Sure. And then they got to play Kansas State at home after that. And then they got to go to Iowa State after that. Then they got to play Texas. Yeah, KU's. Um, they they better wake up. And then they got to come to Oklahoma, which is well, an yeah. automatic L for Kansas. Uh, everyone write that down, what just happened there. Uh, automatic L for KU in the LNC. Yeah. What of it? Write you don't think we can no, beat them? No, I, I, I absolutely think they can. Sure. I just I liked it. Write it down. I'm ready to relive that in a few weeks when it actually happens. There we go. Fun hoops. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in college hoops this year than I've been in a while. I have no idea why that is, Tyler. Your, uh, but I've watched more than I have. Your of the NBA is why. Wow. I know, but the Thunder better stop winning or I'm going to start to – they're going to suck me back in. That'll be one of us. <laughs> Fun. You know how it goes. Oh, man. I'll tell you, though, really enjoyed going to the game. And I may snoop around and see if I can uh, find some go tickets Saturday. to the Alabama yeah, game. Yeah, number two team in town. Yeah, you got to go to that one. Yeah, I think they'll be get a pretty good crowd for for Saturday. Surely, sure, hopefully. Yep. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit a couple of things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Talking sooner football is what we. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by West Yala Gosney Law. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? WYG firm, uh, WYG firm fights hard to get you everything you deserve. Call or text for a free, no obligation consultation. That's West Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Story number one is... Uh, let's start it right here. Um, uh, Hamlin with the Bills was in attendance at the game up there in the Bills suite. I thought that was really cool to see, giving some inspiration. Fans reacted great to that. Awesome to see that he's up and doing well. Yeah, it was just funny when they kept trying to show him, but the weather was so bad that you could barely <laughs> see him in the suite because the snow and it was, it was yeah, it was terrible conditions. I. You really had to squint. Okay, yeah, that yeah, that must be Demar Hamlin. Can't really tell, but someone's waving. Okay, yeah, that's yep. him. Yeah, uh, that was cool. Awesome to see him. Even though the Bills lost that football game, um, it was good to see that he's there and improving, getting healthy. Um, now to the Dallas and San Francisco game. Now Pollard, I guess, broke his leg on that play. Um, and you know the play I'm talking about, right? Where uh, yeah, I he do. gets tackled, and the guy kind of slings into him. Now, I saw somebody, 
Um, I'm not sure exactly who this is, but it drew a lot of attention on Twitter that they're calling for this tackle. I say they. This person was, and some of the people in the comments were agreeing with it, that this tackle should be outlawed, which is, I don't know, a hip drop tackle is what this guy called it. You grab by the waist and then just kind of, like drop your weight down into the legs of the of the runner and you know I, I understand it causes some injuries and it's it, it's one of those that just kind of looks bad but I hope the NFL doesn't pursue that and I know I, I want all of the guys healthy and all of the stars playing in important games just like anyone else does but how long are we going to continue to make it harder and harder and harder on the defense and easier and easier and easier on the offense? More and more, you know this. Game's trending yeah. that way now more than ever. Every single year, rule changes are made for the offense. I know you yeah. don't want it to happen, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did in the, in the next uh, two years. I know. Um, Kittle, how about that catch? A uh, good ball from Purdy bobbles it comes off his face mask then then it looked like he grabbed it and pulled it out of where the defender was coming I don't know how he felt that presence coming but I thought that was maybe the play of the game for San Francisco really elevated them gave them some some life to to go get the win then I think Christian McCaffrey scores he spikes the yep. ball um, it is like the perfect spike it goes in the air it calls a fair Kittle catch. catches it <laughs> calls for a fair catch then throws the ball to Jerry Rice what a drive. Oh, man. Drive and of the how season. about the chain that uh, Jerry Rice was wearing, huh? That's nice. It's yeah. Crazy. Very nice. Um, Last thing I've got for you oh, okay. is we need to mark this down. Tyler, first time in 47 years, there is no, no Texas team in the NCAA women's top 25. 835 week run, 47 years. And there's none in Texas right now in the top 25. Well, you can thank Baylor for day. that one, right? Because they've been good for that's so right. long. So that's in Texas. Texas. And Texas has been really good too. But yeah, that's interesting. All right, um, I'm going to address this one first because I don't know how long we're going to spend on it. Maybe a few minutes. Now, I love weather coverage in this state, and I like Mike Morgan. He yeah. he put this out on Twitter. I think it was Friday night. We know about the. Uh, winter storm that's uh, about to happen or supposedly going to happen across the state, right? He put out a graphic that says, Oklahomies, this is an alert. No matter where you live in Oklahoma land, will it snow Tuesday? The answer is yes, hard eye emojis. Hashtag OKWX, KFORTV, 12023. How do we feel about Mike Morgan saying Oklahomies and Oklahoma land? It's it's exactly what you would expect from a 50-something-year-old on social media. Yeah. Hmm. You know? I don't love it. That's Especially when no, Oklahomies is in all caps like that. It just kind of throws me off, wears <laughs> me out for some reason. It is going to snow, though. It is going to snow. We're going to get some good snow, man. It's... I'd say four inches at a minimum. Really? Uh, maybe more than that. Yep. Hmm, someone's trying to get the day off tomorrow. <laughs> trying to get the uh, place closed down. I, I, 
if you think about it, it would be safer if we flipped to national. <laughs> but, hey, the last thing we want is any employees out there on the roads. It could be dangerous. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, I'm about to send you a photo for my next one in case you didn't see it. So mm-hmm. a Brazilian mother, this is from Daily Loud, a Brazilian mother gave birth to a giant baby measuring two feet tall and weighing in at 16 pounds. I believe you're probably looking at the photo right now. Two feet tall, I have 16 okay, pounds. There we go. What do you think? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. Two feet tall and now, 16 pounds. Mm. So 24 inches. I'm, t- that, I'm trying to remember. Uh, my son was over. He was 20-something inches whenever he was born. Was not 16 pounds, though. That He's twice. I think my son was like nine 16 pounds is incredible. That is incredible. Um, reports do say that Britt Vittables was uh, at the hospital to immediately offer the kid, so that's good. <laughs> I might, I might uh, someone drop a crystal ball in for uh, this uh, this uh, Brazilian kid to be at OU. Can he run? Years. Wow. Uh, nice. In my 60s, and I wouldn't say Oklahomies. Yeah. Says the text line. What's wrong with that, well, homies? Get down in the hood. <laughs> With lots of powder Tuesday, homies stay warm. I, If you're going to like throw a name, I say we, even though it's making fun of us, I love it. Mobile Homa is. <laughs> mobile Homa, yeah. Like I saw at the OU Texas game in 05. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Mobile Homa is awesome. I, I say we just embrace that and go with it. It's the, the, the state is like, looks like a pop-up camper you're pulling oh it's so funny Uh, that's great last one i have tony romo remember when everyone just thought he was the greatest thing to happen to an nfl broadcast in a while he's starting to catch a lot of criticism here recently saying that he's mailed it in it looked like he was eating on air yesterday when nance asked him a question he's just not as (laughs) informative as he used to be like romo's catching some (laughs) Romo's catching as much heat about yesterday in the past two weeks as he did his final year with the Cowboys. That's funny. I didn't. I didn't. I must have missed that part. Oh, I love that. Well, what do you think here? What are they going to do in the red zone? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It really did look like he was chewing, and then he goes on, and Nance starts laughing, and then at one point, Nance asks him a question. He's like, "I don't know, Jim." <laughs> they, they just go Back on. to you. Yeah. And I heard and. Um, did a great job, Olson, Greg Olson, on yeah, yeah. the later game. He's done really well. Uh, I've really enjoyed and what, I'm sure what he makes he's a done. Fraction he's, of what Romo is making doing this. It's just, dude. How can you blame Romo? Uh, he played, and listen, you know how I feel about Romo. But the dude, he grinded. He prepared. He was a tool out there on the field, I understand, but, you know, he put in a ton of work. A tool. And now, all of a sudden, you're making, like, almost as much or maybe more, frankly, than he made as a player. And it really doesn't matter what you do. You just show up and talk about the game. I mean, maybe you watch a little yeah, bit of research. I, I, yeah, I mean, he's I, – I would think you have a little respect to the business, though, and still putting in a good amount of prep time. But maybe he's not. I don't know. But I, he, he, is, he wants to be a golfer. Right he, if I'm Romo, I uh, I just don't even look at the the comments, man. I just go look at the check well, checking account and 
see when my next uh, tee time That's is. That's great. You want to be a golfer? Um, Happy Gilmore wanted to be a hockey player, didn't he? And he found something else in life, and he excelled at it. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to go where your talent is. Right, forget everything else. Yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot of people that want to be something else in life, but, you know, there's restrictions. And I heard someone talking about Greg Olson. Unfortunately, like he's he's been fantastic and people love him. As soon as Tom Brady's like, yeah, I think I'll go, uh, I think I'll retire. It's like, hey, Greg, nice knowing you. See you later. <laughs> right. Greg Olson will still be three times better than Tom. But that's how it works. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Stay with us. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour on the rush as we uh, go to the text line here. It says, my twin boys were both eight pounds for a 16-pound total. The wife was a D1 athlete, would have killed an average woman. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Most twins are tiny. Golly. Not those two twins. Uh, from the 918, no. I heard Nick Saban doesn't need Levy at all, now or later. That's the word, homie. True or not? <laughs> well, I, I guess that I would say true because how many uh, offensive coordinators has uh, Nick Saban had over his national championships? More than a few, yeah, I think. He, I, would, I would say that Nick Saban has done a pretty good job up to this point without Jeff Lebby. So I would say that the text, although strange, uh, stands up to scrutiny. I think it's true. Justin and Kawita, does CD leave next year? And why the hell is Dak paid like he is? He's never done anything to merit such a contract. I NFL teams are so scared of losing, a, you know, a bird in the hand. Like, they've got a guy that is solid, that, you know, statistically checks all of the boxes. He's athletic. He's He's been somewhat durable. You know, he's, he's had a couple of injury issues. But they're so scared of having nobody that they pay what they gave him like 55 million signing bonus or something crazy if i remember right i want to say yeah so i i don't know they're scared of having nobody that's the easy answer all right quick time out we got the final hour of the rush coming up next here from newcastle Fourteen hundred AM KREF Norman Moore Oklahoma City and ninety nine point three FM K twenty five seven DA 